Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hit and Hustle from irissportsdaily.com. I'm your host, Greg Flamong, and with me, as always, is Jamie Uyama, Mr. Jamie University. It is Tuesday, August 29th, and we have another mailbag show for everyone today. Um, I think this will be a regular thing because the, the, what happens is we have our, our post-game show right after the games, and then I have the morning after recap, and then Jamie and Mike are on Power Hour. The game, the previous game is covered three times full. So I think that after that, people sometimes have questions, you know, things they want to follow up on. I think this is a, the Tuesday show is a good time for that. So this is probably what we'll do going forward. And then Thursdays will be uh, will be the previews for the upcoming week and anything that comes up um, throughout the week and press conference stuff. We can talk about that. Um, and then uh, it'll it's. Normal schedule, right? Then it's the the post game shows, and then it's the morning after recaps, and on and on and on. So that's just want to give you guys a um, kind of a preview and a heads up of how we're going to be covering the team this year. Um, if you like what you hear and you like what you see, this is your first time checking out the show and you haven't done so already. Please hit the like. Please hit subscribe. Uh, please hit the notification bell so you know when we're going live. Um, you know, there's not usually as much breaking news right now, but um, there can be. So you, if you never know where we're going live, so if we have an impromptu live show. We can do that. Um, and before we get going, I want to talk to you about our sponsor, ESQ Clothing. And if you're looking to upgrade your wardrobe for uh, work, for weddings, cocktail events, anything you got going on, you're going to want to check out Ga Wang's bamboo dress shirt. It's crafted from the high quality bamboo fabric, softest and most comfortable shirt you'll ever put on. Not only more sustainable than cotton, but it feels cooler, has stretch, odor, and wrinkle resistant. Even machine washable, it essentially pays for itself in saving on dry cleaning. So that's a very big plus. Not a lot of people are talking about that, Jamie. Not a lot of people are talking about that. People talk about the price. They don't talk about the savings. It's built no, in. Uh, no, they don't. So you've seen uh, ESQ's one-piece collar bamboo shirt on every photo of Marcus Freeman, and it's the perfect shirt for today's business meeting or heading for a night out. So check out ESQClothing.com. Upgrade your shirt game. All right, Jamie. Got some questions. Not as many questions, which is nice. It's actually nice. We don't have to go for an hour and 40 minutes. Uh, but we did have some really good questions about the game, about going forward, um, and that sort of thing. Before we get into uh, those, though, uh, anything on your mind that you want to talk about from the game, for wrap-up, something that Marcus Freeman said? Um, there's a question. Actually, let, let, me, let me throw this to you. So it's not as open-ended. Um, Zach Davis says, um, hurry up. There we go. Listening to Brady Quinn talk about this potentially being the best, deepest Notre Dame team he can remember seeing. What do you think about that, Jamie? I've got a thought on that and a lot of the other coverage uh, that we've heard from this. Obviously, you know, I don't want to say people will overreact, but, you know, you see Notre Dame have a dominant win. The, the superlatives are going to fly. So uh, what, what do you think, Jamie? What, what do you think of this comment here? Yeah, well, the, I, I think it was the Navy. Uh, I don't know if it was the SID uh, who, who tweeted that out about how this was, he thought this was the best uh, Notre Dame team that that Navy had played or whatever yeah. and thought it was yeah. better than the 2012 team that obviously whooped them in there too, which 
I mean, I think it's just a completely it's it's so hard to compare these mm-hmm. teams because it's um it's different eras and obviously they didn't have uh the same kind of level of quarterback and there's just a lot of things that are so different from there. Um <clears throat> I mean, best, I think it's just way too early to say best. Yeah. Like, um, like let's let's see what they do against, um, you know, the heart of the schedule. Um, deepest, I don't think that is a crazy statement. I don't I don't think it is because I, I think, too, like you didn't even really see a lot of the depth in yeah. this game compared to what you're going to see um, in the coming weeks because – especially on defense because Notre Dame didn't play their regular defense. Like Ben Morrison, like is the best player on, on Notre Dame's defense. He barely played in this game. Like it he yeah. was barely a factor because I mean, this isn't his kind of game, right? There, there's so many guys where it, it really wasn't their kind of game. Um, so I, I don't even think you, people have really seen um, everything Notre Dame ha- has to offer on defense. And I think people are going to be, um, you know, really impressed when they get to kind of see more of it. And I think, too, this is a game coming up where you could see a lot of like young guys who probably aren't going to play that much during the year who are going to probably get a chance to play um, in this game. And you'll you'll make plays kind of like the end of the Boston College game, but maybe for a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a tough, tough thing to to do. I think you got to be careful about overreacting. Um, it was um, one of the more impressive opening games that I, I can remember though, just yeah. all around. And, and it's tough, tough to say that to not be impressed. If you, if you watch a game and you weren't impressed or if you watch the game, there saw some people were like, does Sam Hartman hate the Titans? Like, okay. Like, do we, do we really need to complain about anything? Like there, there was just nothing to re- there was nothing legitimate to complain about at the end of that game. Yeah. It, it, I don't remember like thinking back and think, you know, there's nothing really like super alarming about it. And the other part is it's hard, it's hard for me to gauge because I, I did I, I thought Navy's plan was kind of nuts, like especially defensively. Bad. I did not think that they put their players in a very good position. Um, so that was another thing. Like it was super favorable conditions for Notre Dame. Uh, but look, credit to them. I mean, someone gives you a favorable situation, you, you should dominate them, and they did. So it's it's not taking anything from Notre Dame. It's just gonna be interesting once teams kind of they find some weaknesses and they can zero in on those things. It'll be interesting to see how Notre Dame reacts in that situation. Um, and the other part is because of that, that I, I felt like what Notre Dame did offensively, defensively, it's just kind of like they have to do what they have to do. Like I, I it's hard to project anything going forward from the defense because they're not going to run this. So it's just like the way that they defend the option. Like we've got a lot of questions about the safeties and stuff. Like so much of the problems that they had with diagnosing plays and getting caught like with their eyes in the backfield, like that's all very unique to Navy. Now, granted, you want to be eye discipline all the time. So that's something to keep an eye on, something to monitor. But I, I, I don't have money concerns on that end, but just offensively, like so much of what Notre Dame did, I thought was, was very basic, very bare bones. They didn't have to go into the bag. Cause like everything they were doing was working. 
So you don't have to – like they they ran RPO action. They didn't throw them because you're running for seven yards of carry. Like what, what, what you don't need to pull it and throw all the time. So it was just it, – it was a very dominating performance on that end. I didn't think that Navy gave them much to uh, work with there. But, you know, it is what it is. It was an interesting question, um, you know. Coming out of the game, I think a lot of people were excited there. Um, and look, if, if people are going to be born uh, or bound to hyperbole, that's no problem, um, you know, for me. That that that's totally fine. Um, so yeah, let's get into the the questions here, and then then we'll uh, get going uh, with our our show there. Um, and the first question is about the safeties from uh, XRNB nineteen ninety four. There were a couple plays where the safeties got beat. Brown slips and falls, and the receiver is open. Luckily, Batelho hits the quarterback, and another DB gets back, and the ball hits him, so falls incomplete. Then Harper, I believe, is beat on their first actual completion. Anything to worry about or just our guys getting caught with our eyes in the backfield? So we kind of addressed this, but, Jamie, do you want to go a little bit deeper on that? Um, I mean, I kind of talked about it in um, the rewatch notes of, of the defense, too. Like, it's not yeah. even something that's worth, like, kind of breaking down too heavy because – this is the only game all year where everything is run first, run first for the safeties. Like, so their eyes aren't in the backfield like that, like where everything is keyed up about like, I got to get the right angle. I got to, I got to beat this block. I got to do that. Like that isn't, that isn't on the radar. Um, You know, not that you want to take good angles and whatever, but it's, it's, it, that isn't on the radar. Like it is like, this is first and foremost over everything. And, you have to remember both those plays too specifically were they had thrown one pass um in the first half so they kind of opened that up there after you're just like not only are you expecting run going into the game it's like all they've done is run all that talk about them you know like kind of opening it up and doing this short passing game they did none of it right like they did none of it right they ran the one little screen that's it that maris kind of ate up like that so there there wasn't that so I don't think it's anything to worry about, um, you know, especially this specifically with Harper because he kind of just got into the game. Like he, he had barely played in the game. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it's just like, you're out there. You're not kind of used to the speed of it all. Um, first of all, Harper, even though he's a, a, you know, veteran guy, he's played a lot of football. He hasn't played Navy every year. Right. Like that's just like, it's kind of his first taste of Navy. Right. So, um, it's a, it's a whole different thing. So I, I wouldn't worry about it at all. The only thing that I would say is I don't like, like, so on the first possession, um, the cam got his eyes in the backfield and that led to the open receiver. I think it was, I think it was Bertrand too, um, was the other linebacker who was kind of peaking, um, and his, his yeah, man got, got free. Yeah. So, um, and then DJ Brown on the other one, the only thing that I don't like is that those are first of all they're two captains so that's no good dj brown is his fifth year in the program right you don't like that you don't love that okay and can't we've talked about cam before like he does do this he'll he'll make a mental error and he'll get his he'll have bad eyes right he'll have maybe not one a game but if 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 he's getting beat it's usually because of something like that where his he has bad eyes and Bertrand, you know, again, he of the th- other three linebackers, I think you guys talked about this. We thought he had the worst the worst game of the three linebackers. Which look, y- you're a captain. I don't I don't like that from a captain. 
You know, you're you're you've, you've been program three year starter. You know, you're, you're you're missing plays, not out in space. I think it was a point that you made. Like he's in the box. Maybe he's going like maybe he's a little jacked up. Maybe all that stuff. You can't be jacked up. You, you you're the guy. You're you're wearing the C on the jersey. The the team needs it to happened the once, team. fine, but he missed like four tackles. That yeah like, yeah. You got to yeah, make those so, tackles. So. Yeah, so the, the the team's counting on you to, to be the the steady rock in the middle. So I I didn't love that. Um, nitpicky for sure. Nitpicky for sure. But something you know just to, to keep an eye on. Right. We did see it. So it's something that that needs to be uh, monitored going forward. Uh, let me blow this up here so I can actually read it. Um, all right, Irish at SJS. How is it that ESPN highlights the freshman catching uh, two touchdowns and the Heisman winner throwing four touchdown passes when Notre Dame has its freshman catching two touchdowns and Sam Hartman throwing for four touchdowns? Is money really such a factor in college cover co college coverage of football? Is college football news truly just a scam of public relations? And who will get the most benefit in their news media? Uh, so what do you think, Jamie? I, I think a lot of people were super excited about, um, about you know, Zachariah Branch and obviously Caleb Williams. I mean, he did win the Heisman Trophy, so fair enough. Uh, did you think that there was a, uh, a skew in the way those two things were covered? I mean, I didn't, I didn't watch it, so I, I can't say that it was like, you know, I'm going to take his word for it that they did it. But I think, you know, Branch, I, I mean, I saw Branch's highlights. Like I saw yeah. them on Twitter and I mean, they're pretty awesome. Like I'm pretty awesome. They're pretty awesome. He also was a five star, like he's a hyped up guy. So I, yeah. I just, I don't think that, um, you know, I, I, I don't think that it was like anything that they were, uh, it's not crazy that they were like hyping him up. Yeah. Should they have hyped up uh, Jane Greathouse more? Maybe. And I, I can get, I will say that his thing about ESPN and how they highlight Notre Dame players compared to other programs. Yeah. That's a real thing. That's a real thing because that's not just a real thing for um, Notre Dame. It's just anyone, if you don't have, um, if they don't have, coverage of it they're going to do less of it they're going to give yeah. less love to it so you yeah. just watch now because the big 10 is going to go all you know it, it is basically moving away from um espn they're just going to be and not that they already don't give enough tough ton of love to sec there's just going to be more stuff for the for the sec than there is for the big 10 that's going to happen just like how the nhl wasn't on uh ESPN for years and they acted like it didn't exist and then they got the coverage back and then all of a sudden they're like doing like spots on sports center and whatever. that's how it is it is it's it's totally money driven it's what you know they're it's business driven what they're doing to promote stuff that's on their network and I mean that's just kind of how it is that's just I, I mean I, I don't think you can expect anything to change that unless like I doubt if this would happen, but unless like Notre Dame did a deal with ESPN and then if they did that, then guess what? I mean, it would be Notre Dame overload and people will, <laughs> everyone who hates Notre Dame will just be yeah. like, wow, just can they stop? Can they shut up about Notre Dame? Like that, that's what will happen. I think that if Jeremiah Love <laughs> had 230 yards of all purpose yards in the game, with a kickoff return touchdown and then another running touchdown, 
um, it, it would have been huge. It would have been a huge thing. Uh, look, and Zach Brantz, like you said, he's a five star. Like they're gonna hype that up. Caleb Williams is is he won the Heisman Trophy. Sam Harmon won the Heisman Trophy. I mean, and look, people talked about Notre Dame, so I get it. I oh, I, yeah. I I do think that we I, I do think that we are kind of um, you know sensitive to you know USC getting a ton of press when their defense gave up twenty eight points or whatever. And Notre Dame was quote unquote more impressive, uh, you know, throughout the game and as, as a whole. But you know they're going to get coverage. It's fine. You know Notre Dame so will have their chance. USC's defense, though. Yeah, so, yeah, like, they got they got a lot of that stuff. So there's yeah. there's a there's a a lot. The Notre Dame will have their chance to have their say against that team. So it's it's all good to me. Um, but I, I understand the question. Um, all right, uh, Drew Brennan, seventy seven. How about a jet sweep to Tobias to start the game on Saturday? Seems like he needs to get some confidence back, and hopefully he gets himself going. Still have faith he will, but this is a big week to get him some touches. Thoughts? Uh, there's a little, there's a lot of Tobias talk going on in the chat right now. Yeah, a lot. Uh, Jamie, you go, and then I'm gonna go. Um, fired up. Okay. <laughs> you go, and then I'll go. Um, I'm, I'm fired up about this. I think it would be good to get him involved early. Obviously, they tried to get him involved early in this game, and he dropped a pass. But, I mean, part of the reason he dropped the pass is he was going to get lit up. Like, Great House whiffed on his block, and, you know, he heard the footsteps, and that happened. Like, it was probably a blessing in disguise that he dropped it. But um, I think just like how there's a, there, there, there is hyperbole in terms of, like, hyping up Notre Dame right now and Notre Dame's offense and, and all this and – there's definitely hyperbole there. It, you know, it's it's gone the same way with Tobias Merriweather in a negative direction. Like this guy has barely like, he's played like four college football games or whatever it is. Like it's like less than six. Like you know, he he's he you know has barely had any targets his way. Um, you can point to a million receivers who didn't you know, had like nothing in like the first couple games and then blew up or whatever. So like, I, I don't think people should um, give up, give up on him at all. Like, I think that's ridiculous. Um, plus he was wide open. He cooked the guy, the ball was under throat and it was PI on the play on the other play. So I don't know. I, I just think it's a total overreaction to Tobias. Mather. I'm not saying that like, he's like this, finished product and i've heard like he needs to um you know th there's things in his game that he, he needs to develop he's not like a anywhere close to the guy he's going to be but it's like people giving up on him like are you kidding me like just let it play out i mean yeah those are the it, it's so funny because those people probably gave up on Dion colsey and now they're all loving him because he you know he had a he, he had a nice game on saturday like just let it play out guys. Like let it yeah. play out. Like, I, I just think it's ridiculous to, um, to judge a guy based on this. And like, I, I mean, here's miles Boykin. You know what miles Boykin had done by this time in his career with, uh, the same time as Tobias Merrill, nothing, zero catches, right? Like Chase Claypool basically did not like let it play out. Like just, how, how would we let at least like a few games into the season go? I mean, if it was like 
five drops and you're like, Oh my gosh. And then he, he was making all kinds of mistakes. Then you'd be like, okay, like this is a problem, but also did you watch the guy block? He um, he's busting his butt blocking. Like he's an engaged. He's a talented kid. He's developing. Like just let it play out. Yeah. Um, okay. So Notre Dame's wide receiver one, Jaden Thomas this year, who everyone loves and had a great game on Saturday uh, through three games of his red shirt freshman season last year in 132 snaps, zero targets against Ohio state. Uh, one of four against Marshall for eight yards, caught one pass for eight yards and four targets. And he had the play where they threw the ball. He didn't fight hard enough to break it up. It's a pick six. Marshall goes on and basically seals the game with a pick six. Everyone said, didn't fight hard enough, right? Didn't make the play. Next game against Cal. Zero targets, obviously zero receptions. Okay? That's the, the Jaden Thomas, redshirt freshman, same age as Tobias. Okay? He turned out fine. So there's that. One thing I would say, don't drop the ball, period. Yeah, Receivers, don't drop the ball. Don't drop it. You shouldn't drop the ball. In that situation, I know exactly what's happening. He wants that ball in his hands. He wants to get the ball and go. He, he wants it right now. He, he wants it in there. And he's he, like you said, he feels the, the player coming. He wants to get the ball. He wants to get out of the way, and he wants to get upfield. Okay? He doesn't squeeze it. He doesn't, he doesn't catch the ball, loses concentration. That's, that's his mistake. Big problem. The missed touchdown. He's open by three or four yards. That is a touchdown. That has to be completed. And I don't understand how people are turning that play where Sam Hartman is late and he is short into this is a problem for Tobias Merriweather. If Sam Hartman is going to be the best quarterback that Notre Dame has had since Joe Hewitt, Lou Jack Montana, then that ball needs to be completed 100% of the time. That, that is what Notre Dame has been missing. People talk about all the time. Sam Hartman, he raises the ceiling. He raises the ceiling. First chance they got to go over the top. He, people talk about, oh, throw him open. He threw him covered. He was wide open, and he threw him covered. That is, He cannot miss that throw. And I don't need to tell that to Sam Hartman because he knows. Because right after the play, he's he's he goes like this. He goes ah, like get it in there, right? He points at his chest. It's my bad. He knows right away. He messed it up. It's not Tobias's fault that he was interfered with, and then the ref called it off. Okay, that's not his fault. He was obviously jumped into. You know, people always want to say like this is what he should have done. You know what? He went. He goes to jump. The guy hits him. The ball hits the defender in the shoulder. It's not like it's up. He hits him in the shoulder. Like it's it's not a good throw. Okay, so there's that part. Okay, Sam Hartman, do better. That it, that is that that miss by Sam Hartman is as bad, probably worse than the drop that Tobias had. Okay, like that to me. Like do better on that one. Another play that on the on the on the deep out to Colsey to Colsey where he makes the contested catch on the sideline. Tobias is running wide open for a post. He burns the safety. He's running wide open for a post. Jeremiah Love blows the block. And so the blitz assignment, Sam Hartman's got to get it out. Yeah. Okay, there's one. Another crossing route where he's running a deep drag. 
He's wide open on that, on the, on the, on the throw to Tyree where he's interfered with. Sam Hartman could throw that pass. Doesn't throw it. Okay, uh, Tyree's open. That's fine. You know, whatever. I'm just saying, like, he's running wide open. Another play where the, on, on the play to check down to Estime where uh, he one-hands it. Tobias is running a post. The, the, the corner's on top of it. Tobias sees it. Sam Hartman starts to roll right. Tobias breaks his route off. He's going to the corner. He's going to be wide open. If Sam Hartman sees him and leads him to the corner and throws him open, that's going to be a touchdown as well, or at least an opportunity for a touchdown, right? So to answer the question, I don't know that they need to do anything to get him going. They need to capitalize on the opportunities that are there. This is the same conversation that we have had for the past however many years. These plays are there, and they're not being hit. And when Notre Dame gets a quarterback who throws these balls, who throws people open, who, who takes chances, then they will start to hit on these plays. All these plays are available, and they didn't hit on them. And that's what I was talking about with the lack of explosiveness. It's there, and we trust Sam Hartman will get it because he's a good quarterback. Sam Hartman played a great game on Saturday, so I'm not casting aspersions on him. You have to hit these plays. That You have to hit them. You know, like how many times have we seen other teams, like uh, Ohio State, breaking plays off and the quarterback rolls and hits the quarterback. Ohio State did it multiple times against Georgia in, in their playoff game, right? That's a play that has to be made at the highest level of football that we want Notre Dame's quarterback and passing game to play at. So in my opinion, like this whole Tobias stuff is just, what are we talking about? There are, there are open opportunities that need to be capitalized on and their passing game needs to be able to capitalize on them. The end. And if, 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 if they throw the ball to Tobias and he doesn't make those plays, then they're going to sit him. But they didn't throw those balls, and the one ball they did was bad. It was a poor throw. So I don't care what people said about Tobias, about the way he practiced or the way the staff feels about him. That doesn't matter. In the game, he was open, and he didn't get the chances. And the one time he did, he was interfered with, and it was a bad throw. So I don't – I don't. I'm off it. Like People need to understand what happened in the game. The other stuff, the practice stuff, is not important to me. It's not. Because in the game, there were opportunities that weren't there. That's my take on that. That is the rant that I was having. I, I, I don't like it when people take a narrative and then they fit it into what happened in the game where it doesn't really fit. It, it doesn't fit in this situation, in my opinion. So that's what I think. I think they just need to capitalize on the opportunities that were presented to them in the opener. Um. Do you want to say anything else or do you want to go? <laughs> no, I mean, I, do you I don't disagree really... with any of that. Do you disagree with any of that? Well, I mean, I, I think some of those things, maybe you're being a bit harsher, but like they need to make all of these plays in, in the passing game. I mean, some like, like you said, like the, the one that he throws to Colsey or whatever, it's like, there's reasons why they didn't do it. So it's not, no, like, no, no. I, I'm not saying why he, I, obviously he had to throw that yeah. ball to Colsey because he was yeah. getting hit. Like I'm yes. not, not saying that one. But just the opportunities that are there. Like, we've talked about it forever. Yeah. They need to hit them. That includes sure. the blocking and all that stuff. For sure. And you know what? And it's just one of those games like, yeah, you're playing Navy and, um, you know, you can run the ball well and you can do all these things too. But you want to be able to, when you get into a, a game where 
that's the kind of play where Hartman, you know, things happen within the game. You miss whatever, but it's like, yeah, you want to be able to hit, hit that because not only does it get Merriweather going, but it's like in, in a bigger game, that's going to matter more. Right. So um, yeah, I, I just think that it's just like one of these things, like, and we said from the beginning, like there was going to be, he's going to have games where you're like, wow, Tobias Merriweather. And then there's going to be games where you're like, I mean, he barely, you barely notice them, whatever. Right. And I think the main thing is watch a guy block. Yeah. Watch a guy block. Is he, he engaged? Cares. He cares. He cares. I've never heard anything bad about um, how he competes. I've heard like, you know, he's got to get more consistent and he's got to, um, you know, there are things that he needs to work on with his game. It's very similar to everything you heard about Chase Claypool, you know? So, I mean, I'm not saying he's going to be Chase Claypool, but I'm just saying it's just one of these things where it's like, you just, you got to let it play out because he's got a ton of talent and, just, I mean, the people like that, just reiterate the people, the people, everybody celebrating Deion Colsey right now. It's like, great. He did, did, he did a fantastic job. Marcus Freeman mentioned, he made the most of his opportunities. That's great. Okay. Well now like it, it's, it's about that for Tobias, but it's like, no one was saying that about Deion Colsey when he wasn't playing. Like, it's just, just let it play out. Yeah. Let it play out. <clears throat> Guys running free all game. That's what you want. You want that. You want him running free throughout the game, and he was doing so. They'll hit, they'll hit these plays. Uh, 1980, uh, uh, I, UI grad, uh, what would be your ideal snap count breakdown, assuming everything goes as planned and the game is a blowout at halftime? I mean, I think – I mean, I don't know about total snap counts. I guess it's just like in terms of like when um, you'd like to see guys out of the game. I think the – what you want is to see Notre Dame to be blowing them out at halftime. Um, and then you get one, maybe two series in the second half for starters. And you're, and you're doing that, but also too, I think this is a game where hopefully if you're blowing them out by halftime, you're playing a lot of twos in, um, in the first half too. Right. And, and yeah. you're getting that because, you have to remember with um, with Navy, they only had um, three possessions in, in the first half of that game uh, on Saturday. So you're going to get more possession, a lot more possessions in this game. Yeah. It's a different type of game. So um, you just want to see more chances for everybody to play, and I think you'll you'll probably get that, and you'll see guys kind of mixed in more. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I would be just everything that I've seen about Tennessee State and, you know, I'll have more on Tennessee State tomorrow on ISD, but like they, there's, it, they shouldn't hang with Notre Dame for, for too long. I mean, if Notre Dame can manhandle Navy like that, I'd, I'd like to think that Ohio, at Tennessee State's just going to have a heck of a time. Um, that's just how I feel about it. But but the, the thing to remember is like, so who are we talking about? That's another thing. Who are we talking about? The backs all rotate already. So that's not a thing. Like you'll probably see more, you'll probably see more of Jadarian Price. You'll probably see more Jeremiah Loves. You'll probably see more uh Devin Ford. 
right? But you're going to see all those guys. The receivers all rotate. So maybe you'll see Braylon James, you know, maybe. Um, that, that, could be, that could be a fun thing to get, to get him out there, get his feet wet. Um, you'll probably see some more backup linemen, right? Um, do they – oops, I mean to do that. Uh, do they want to um, – do they want to get back of linemen in the game with Sam Hartman? I think is an interesting question, right? Because his health is obviously very important. Um, do they feel confident enough doing that? Uh, the defensive line, I think, is already rotating. You'll probably see the freshman linebackers uh, in this game. So Drake Bowen and Jay Nosberry, you'll see them out there for the first time. Uh, the, the corners are already rotating in. And then the safeties are all playing, too. So uh, I think you're only talking about a few people um, in this scenario. And that's what... That's what you want to see. Um, I think. I think getting Steve Angeli. Let's see him throw some, throw the ball around a little bit. I think that's. Yeah, I think that's a pretty big deal. That. I think that's a pretty big deal. Get him in there and run the offense. Uh, like if it's twenty one nothing again in the first half, end of the first middle second quarter. Like get him out there. You're fine. You, you know you should be fine to have him go out there. Trust him not to throw like a pick six or something. You know, like it, it, it should be fine. Um, and that's what I would want to see. And that's what I think. Um, the fans want to see as well. Another thing I want to see is uh, more videos from VSR Media, Jamie. That I, I want to see more of that. I want to see people King going of the to VSR Media. Yeah, absolutely. Just going to um, going to VSR Media and our guy uh, Vahid Sadrazade, who's uh, was founded by him, Notre Dame football pregame host and Emmy Award winning anchor. VSR Media provides professional and cinematic video and photo. Whether you're looking for a collegiate or pro level highlight reel, have a personal story to tell, or aiming to diversify your growing business. VSR Media specializes in short and long-form video storytelling, social media management, and website design. VSR Media also captures professional headshots, senior, and sports photos. To contact them at vsrmediacompany.com, mention Iris Sports Daily and receive 20% off your first project. Visit them online or give them a call at 574-800-9106. That is the, the social media management videos out there. It's, it's, it's hot. You're going to want to get on VSR. He's a great guy. Um, give him a call. Check out the website. All right. Funk Beavis says, after watching game one of the Hartman era, if you were OSU's defensive coordinator, how would you defend Notre Dame? I mean, I don't think they're going to base it just off of game one of the Hartman era, right? Obviously, they're going to watch a lot more. Um, I think what I would do just – if I was just going to play Sam Hartman just based on his career – Right. And, and what you saw there, um, I wouldn't blitz him very much because he's been, that's what they, he, he's seen that time and time again, basically at, at uh, Wake Forest, you know, when you run that slow mesh, they blitz you a ton. Right. So he, he will get blitz about like 50% of his, his dropbacks. And um, I think that in this game, it was about 50%. That's because that's around what Navy did. So, I would probably uh, do a lot more, you know, where you're just rushing for. And I think that that's probably what they're going to do because they're going to want to um, get pressure with they have a pretty good front. So I think that's what they'll probably do. But in saying that, like, um, you know, Jim Knowles is, is a very heavy blitz guy. He's been known to be a guy who's like loves to attack. That's what he was mm -hmm. at Oklahoma State. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see, um, kind of what they do there. Um, and certainly like, 
I think they'll they'll go back and watch a ton of film of of Hartman at um, at Wake and see you know what gave him the most problems. Um, but you know, if I was if you're gonna look at just if you're just basing it just off this one game, then you would say okay, uh, you know Hartman was 11 of 12 against the Blitz, 13.1 yards per attempt, and three of his touchdowns came against the Blitz. So yeah. I'd be like, yeah, you know maybe uh, maybe we're gonna drop <laughs> more guys and and we're gonna rush with uh you know three or four more yeah i think you can play basically umbrella coverage against notre dame what i would do is you i think you got to press these wideouts that's what i would do because the thing with navy and it'll be interesting when they play a team like nc state who's a little bit who has better athletes because this like this weekend's not going to give us a good idea because they just turn out the athletes but nc state will be an interesting kind of study in how notre dame's receivers go against like like real power five corners you know, because that look Navy again, like they're just sitting there. They're all sitting at 10 yards and they're letting Notre Dame's receivers run up on them. So much yeah. free access stuff like they just didn't challenge those guys. And they're not and, good. and they're not good. So like you, you're just it's just not a good it's, it's like, not a good again, gauge. It's not a good gauge at all. And so if, if it was me, it's like I'm pressing those corners and I'm I'm saying like, look, you guys need to. You guys really need to compete against against our guys. Our corners are going to be better than your receivers, and it doesn't matter how good Sam Hartman is. Like he's got to be awesome against us, you know. Like he's got to be the quarterback that he wants to be. You know, a guy who's who, a guy who wants to go into the NFL and that sort of thing. Like you really got to challenge him to be big time. It's not that he can't do it, right? Um, he's shown it. Like he's shown it against really good teams. Like Clemson, Clemson's physical with receivers and Wake's got, I mean, three for six touchdowns, right? So, um, but that's what I would do it just initially. And then, you know, and plus they're going to, there's going to be more film on them and he's, they're going to be able to pick weaknesses. So maybe this is a better question for after NC State, see how they handle uh, their defense because they got a pretty good defense over there. Um, Silverback says, will Anya and healthy Rubio take more and more reps away from Mills and Cross as the season progresses? Um, just a, just a note, um, Gabe Rubio is out for a couple of weeks with a, with a, some sort of knee injury. Um, so that really hurts not just Gabe Rubio, but also like like Howard Cross might be having to play more snaps against the team like Tennessee State you don't want um, or NC State. Like you don't want him to accumulate a bunch of snaps early in the season. Um, this probably means more time for someone like um, you mentioned um, – Donovan Heinish. Gosh darn it. Sometimes that happens. Donovan Heinish. Um, there's gonna be more time for him. It'll be a it'll be a good, it's a good opportunity for him against a team like Tennessee State to get some reps. Um, so that's good for him. But going forward, you think uh Anye and Rubio will take more reps away from Mills and Cross um, you know, going forward. I mean, probably not that much. Like I think they're I mean, I think they'll have a pretty healthy amount of snaps, but yeah. Um, you know, I, I think Cross and Mills are pretty good. And I think, I think Howard Cross is really good. And like Mills obviously has a chance to have a, a big, big year. Um, I think that, um, those guys are going to play like Anya and Rubio when he's healthy, they're going to play a lot. Um, and it, it's just going to depend like, you know, how those guys perform in when they start playing real 
you know, real teams, right? So what do you, what do you look like when you're playing NC state? Um, you know, who they're not going to have a, the greatest line, but they've got some guys who have, you know, they got th- three or four NFL prospects on their line. Um, what is it going to look like against Ohio state? Because if those guys aren't playing well against Ohio state in their snaps, then they're not taking away snaps. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just, you just have to wait and see. I, I think I like what both of those guys have done um, and what they showed in camp, especially. Um, but now you got to see, you know, what's Rubio going to look like when he gets back. Um, is, is he going to be hundred percent when he gets back? Hopefully he's hundred percent by Ohio state. That's, you know, the, obviously the most important thing. Um, but I think you just gauge it by that because if you, if you aren't doing that against the best teams um, you play against, then you're not going to take those snaps uh, away and you got to go in and earn it and you got to go and make the most of it. So like, you know what, Josh Burnham goes in and he gets a sack and it's, it's seems like, you know, it's not like the biggest deal. You get a sack against Navy. They're obviously not the best in pass pro, but you make a play and you get more chances. And so does that mean he's like all of a sudden going to get more reps than junior Tui Halamaka going for it? No, it doesn't mean that for sure, but it's the kind of thing that can get you more snaps. Right. Right. So it's just something to monitor as they say. And then I think Lee Weaver is asking about Tyson Ford. Yeah. And yeah. So, I mean, Ford was really not. So the the question is, so just so for people who aren't uh, for the podcast, uh, should Tyson Ford get some reps at three tech this weekend? uh, Might need him. I mean, I think he might, but you got to remember he lost like a bunch of weight. So he was like down to like in, in the two seventy ish range. So, you know, he was around two ninety, which was probably like not the greatest two ninety. Like it wasn't a Jason Anye two ninety. So, and then he was getting reps at end and I know that he was like working with scout team. Um, so, you know, he wasn't, and you know, there's a reason he wasn't listed on um, the depth chart, right. Cause he wasn't in the rotation. Right. And he didn't get any chances in this game. So um, this is a perfect opportunity for him to step up and, and get reps in this game. And like, he better go out and show up. If, if he gets chances because he just didn't really show up in camp really like in, in his opportunities, you just saw other guys kind of um, stand out more. So um, that's g- going to be the key for, for him. Right. Is like, you know what you play in these games. It's just like X Watts against Navy a few years back. Right. Like yeah. if he doesn't do that, then it's like X Watts isn't playing later on in the year if he doesn't do that that was when they were like maybe we got something with xbox like that's how it happens right that's how it happens you show something there and you get more so um i don't know it's a perfect opportunity for him because he's obviously not he wasn't in the rotation to start the season um and and we'll see we'll 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 see right but i i think i think his position is three tech going forward that should be his position um the problem is, is like, you know, you got guys competing there and I mean, who's to say that Armel Mukum might not like get, yeah. end up like it just could happen. Right. Because at this point in time, like Ford hasn't shown, hasn't really got a chance or, or shown anything 
on Saturdays. So if he's got to be practicing well, and if he's not practicing well, they might give Mookum more reps in the yeah. Tennessee State game. It just could happen that way. Yeah, it's hard because it seems like he changed his body to change positions. And so you could see a situation where he's like, look, he has four years because he redshirted last year. So he has four years still. And you say, okay, I'm, I'm going to change positions. I'm going to change my body. And then, um, and then uh, JJP and Nana will, will move on after this year. And then I will, I'll have an opportunity at strong end. But to your point, like they don't, they're, Things don't stay static forever. You know, other players, they come in and they improve. And it's not like it's not like everyone is just like going to be okay with like, okay, this is your spot now. Like that's not how it works, right? Like other players come in, other like other freshmen come in and maybe they're more advanced and they don't need to change their body. Like they don't need to go through what it, like technique changes or anything like that. Um, so that's where it can get caught. Um, you know, Jason Anye was a guy who changed positions like it, it has worked out for him. So, look, it's one of those things like maybe it works out and maybe it doesn't. You know, um, I, I think we had heard good things about him at three tech. So the move was in the loss of weight was surprising, I think. Um, yeah. So that's just something to keep in mind. Right. Like like you said, if he gets this opportunity, it'd be good if he if he went out there and, and did the thing. So that's yeah. something to something to to keep track of there. Yeah, I just thought he was he was just yeah, I think he flashed in, in the spring. Yeah. I know he was heavier in the spring, he was around 290. Um, but like I said, it wasn't a great 290. So they might have told him to kind of lean up and and I don't think like don't get me wrong, people shouldn't give up on him. Like I saw there's a comment there, like, why isn't he ready yet? He's been in the program for a year. Right. Like, yeah. it's not like, I mean, Aiden Kayana, like, this is like his fourth year. Mm-hmm. There's a big difference between a guy in his second year and his fourth year. You know, that th- those are completely different situations. So, yeah, you just got to kind of um, wait and see. And sometimes all it takes is somebody getting hurt and getting an opportunity because that happens. Right. Yeah. Um, and you just got to go and you, but you got to go earn it. Right. You got to earn it. And I mean, I, again, I'll point to Dion Colsey. Last year, everyone's like, man, I guess Dion Colsey, like, is this guy on the transfer train or what? Like, didn't see any of them think he was hurt in camp, whatever. Like, all of a sudden, and then he's making big catches in on third down at the end of the year. First game of the year, limited opportunities, makes the most of it. Maybe that leads to something big for Dion Colsey. We'll see. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, stay tuned on on uh, Tyson Ford. Uh, Dublin Irish asks, how difficult will it be for the team to get back on the U.S. time? Uh, the players leaving uh, basically Saturday night um, at midnight, really early checkout from their hotel um, Sunday morning. Uh, didn't Probably didn't sleep very much. Well, the coaches have toned down Monday's practice. How can they avoid players being flat this week? Um, it's hard for me to answer because I'm speaking from – I don't remember what it was like in college, you know, like these college kids, maybe, maybe they just like, they don't need the amount of sleep that 42 year old Greg needs. So um, it's just, I, I don't know how they do. Um, I know they had Sunday off and they, they worked on, on Monday. I think it's one of those things that you just work through it. You know, the, the coaches will say like, you got to work through it. No excuses. Um, I mean, it'll probably take them a couple days to get acclimated, but I think by game time, they should be, they should be ready to go. Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, 
anyone who's traveled uh, overseas, you know, like it's, it hits different people differently, right? Yeah. Like there's some people it takes longer to get over the jet lag. There's some people that like, you know, you travel across the country and you had jet lag and it lasts for like three days. And then some other people like doesn't bother them at all. Right. So you just, you, you just kind of have to monitor it. And obviously like they're doing stuff like monitor sleeping and um, yeah. checking out what everyone is and all that. So I, I mean, it's like one of these things, it's like, I don't know how we would know the answers to it until like you just see it. So we'll see. And it's the kind of thing too, if you're like, Oh, Notre Dame is like their players really like, slept walk through this game against Tennessee state, or they were really had like a horrible week of practice because everyone was jet lag. I mean, then to me, it's like, okay. Yeah. For all like the goodwill of doing the the game in, in Ireland and stuff too. That's like the kind of thing you gotta be like, man, we can't do this anymore. Right. Like we, we can't, we can't be taking these cross country flights because it's different also for like pros and, and, and college kids too, because there's classes and there's all those other responsibilities too. Yeah. Couple of wonderful comments. Tyler Hack says, "I don't look a day over 41. Thank you for that, Tyler. It's very, very nice to hear. Uh, Rob is using the phrase "monitor" at work this morning. So, Rob, cool. We're monitoring. M Rob's monitoring something at work, and that's uh, always nice. Uh, and Lee Weaver, thanks for the super chat um, and the compliment. You guys do a great thanks, job. Uh, thanks. Thank you for that, Lee. We really appreciate that. Um, you know, we we do it for the people, Lee. We do it for for you. So, thank you for uh, thank you for being on the show today. Really appreciate that." Um, all right. Uh, Irish one says, did Greg like the announcing crew for the Navy game? Uh, I do not. We don't need to, I don't need to belabor it anymore. Um, you know, look at if, if, if Jason Garrett is not good again, then I will, I will say he was not good again. I don't need to go into it. You know, look, it's not like the biggest thing in the world. It's mostly something for the post game show when I'm, when it's topical and I'm thinking about it kind of like the officials, um, you know, on the Tuesday show, I don't, I'm, I've I've lost my 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 uh, you know my fervor on on that sort of thing. So uh, don't really need to go into that too much. But yeah, not a big fan. Uh, Rockney, would you like to attribute the lack of passes to the tight ends primarily due to the blocking assignments? Um, so you, do do you take anything away from uh, from the lack of tight ends in the passing game? Uh, I personally don't, just because I, I saw a couple opportunities where. Uh, Sam Hartman could have thrown in the ball. He just went to another area on the field. Uh, very easily could have just thrown it to a tight end in that situation. But did you take anything away from that? No, I, I mean, I wouldn't worry about it. I don't, I don't think it's anything to worry about. It could, it could have been just like game plan specific in terms of yeah. like what they wanted to attack. Um, and I mean, they were really key in um, – the, the blocking game and, mm -hmm. and, and what they did and obviously versatile in terms of where they lined up and um, all of that. So I think it's, you know, some of what their role in the, the run game, maybe that was actually part of it because they were like doing a lot there. And it was, and um, I think some of it, there might also be some of it like building like tendency to being like, well, we're in this. So yeah. um, we want people to think this and then you can get it up to, to, to have open later. But like, you know, I, I, I'm not worrying about like what those guys production is going to be over the years or what the targets are going to be like over the course of the year. Um, 
you know, we went to the scrimmage and uh, on on in, in camp, and um, the you know they drove down the field. They had a nice RPO play to hold stays for a big play, and then Mitchell Evans scored the touchdown after. It's like yeah. they didn't throw a receiver on the, the drive. It's just like I think it's just whatever is going to happen during the course of a game, and I think you are going to see um, those guys. You know they're not putting up Michael Mayer numbers, but they're going to have numbers. I, I I wouldn't worry about it. Yeah, I'm not I'm not worried about it either. Um, it just like I said, the offense if game plan was bare bones, like it just wasn't. They didn't need to do a they whole didn't bunch do of, much. Yeah, yeah, they didn't have to do a bunch of stuff. Um, let's see. Sloth says, "Will Notre Dame punt this week? If Notre Dame punts in four or fewer games, does a punter get a red shirt? Uh, I do expect yeah. a lot more rotation of linebackers. Not garbage time now. That Notre Dame won't be facing the triple option." Um, I think we talked about the linebackers. We expect uh, those freshmen. Yeah, to get those guys are going to play more. Jalen Sneed. I mean, Jalen Sneed played in this game, but he'll play more in this yeah. game too. Yeah. Um, well, Notre Dame punt. You know, they might not, to be honest. They really might not. They may not have a punt in two games. Um, and uh, I think they know. might in this game just because. I mean, if it gets late. Also, I, I, the one thing is that um, Tennessee State, they have some players on defense. Um, I mean, it's not comparably, it's not like a power five or anything like that. They don't have like a bunch of NFL guys in their defense or anything like that. This isn't Marshall's defense from last year. Um, you know, they're going to compete hard. Like they get all of a sudden they get like a, a havoc play. There's like a blown assignment or something like that. And you got to get off uh schedule and they might have to punt at some point. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's could happen. I mean, look, and maybe they're just not as sharp too. That's another thing. Like everything was clicking against Navy. Uh, they had like, look, they had a couple third and longs on the first drive against Navy. They converted them in this game. Uh, in the next game, they may not, you know, just for execution mistakes. So uh, that's also very possible. Uh, just so people know, there's a couple of um, a couple questions in the chat that I've starred that I'm going to get to after these questions here. So uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, Mayday says, which one of you is hit and which one is hustle? I think we have kind of said Jamie is hit and I'm hustle. Uh, but, you know, we don't we don't we don't like to box ourselves in. Right. Sometimes Jamie's hustling and sometimes I'm hitting. Right. Like that's just uh, that's the nature of, of being defenders. Right, Jamie. Sometimes sometimes you've got to get on the horse and chase down a screen and I've got to I've got to cap the pipe up the middle. So, you know, it's just, you just never exactly. know. you just never know who's who's who on any given play. Sergeant Holko says, would you start putting some install in for NC State in the later part of the week? No. I mean, they're – don't get me wrong. They, they're – first of all, they have staff who already are preparing – have prepared stuff for NC State. They, they're going to have stuff prepared for it. They might even mix in some things just in terms of like, oh, NC State runs this. So we're going to just throw this in just so you like, you get a look at it, like, um, you know, so, something specifically, whatever, like in like NC state's passing game or whatever, you know, they we know that we're going to see that from, uh, you know, Robert and I's offense or whatever. He's the yeah. coordinator for NC state. Like maybe they do that, but like, don't be dumb. Like, don't like, do, like, w w what are we trying to do here? Like you, 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 lose to i mean i know this isn't marshall or whatever but just go and play the game like you regularly play the game like yeah um you're gonna have the the players 
you, you don't need to do this kind of like pretend that it's it's all like you know we're moving forward to the next thing you can't say like hey you know we got to take it one practice at a time we're going to do this and then we're like hey by the way we're also adding an nc state this week too so just yeah. just so you know uh tennessee state sucks and then whatever like no you can't you can't do that you can't do that yeah, I think they could, but to your point, like it goes against the message. The message needs to be consistent, yeah. um, and that's that's important for a, for teams and for a staff and all those things. Like you do need to be consistent with what you're telling the team. If you tell the team, like, hey, you know, especially after last year, it'd be one thing if these were like they were national champions or whatever. Like you know, like it, different teams. I think with Notre Dame last year, the way that the way that the second game happened, you, you want to have a bad, you want to have a good performance. Yeah. Whatever the score is, you, you want to play well and you want to keep them mentally engaged week to week. And you do that by being consistent every single week. So that's that's why I wouldn't. It's not a question of whether they could. But they probably could and get away with it. But that's you want to stay on 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 message um, with that sort of thing. Um, Andy Tommy says there were two quiet uh, but impressive performances on Saturday versus Navy on both sides of the ball. Upon further review, I saw number 13 holding stays block really well. Reminds me a bit of Tommy Tremble. And on defense, I was impressed by number 40, Josh Burnham, for having a nose for the football. I love both players' energy. Nothing like game experience and reps. Uh, I guess that's more of a comment and not a question. So, um, yeah, thank you, uh, Andy Tommy, for that. Uh, I think we talked about Josh Burnham a little bit, and we talked about Holden Stays blocking. So, um, yeah, so we've covered those things. Um, all right, let's move on to uh, – let's see. I just want to mention, too, because Lee Weaver talked about the straw hat. I actually like I was going to do it for other people that listen to the post game show. I I was going to wear the straw hat at the beginning of the show just just, just as a goof or whatever and then uh but the headphones wouldn't fit. So I could, <laughs> I could not do it. I couldn't so it didn't go but I yeah, like so you know, hey maybe one day. Maybe you know, maybe I'll get the earbuds one day. There you go. You can be like my earbuds. All right, um Early, early in the show, Adam Zilak, ho- ho- Ziliak, hopefully, hopefully you're still listening here. How do you see the running back room shaking out the rest of the year? It's hard to believe they consistently play five running backs all year. Um, I agree with that. Uh, so, I mean, I, probably time will tell, right? Like who who is consistently better over the first few weeks here, um, I think is where, where that cream is going to rise. Uh, what do you think, Jamie? Yeah, and I, I think it's even though like you obviously were really impressed with how Jeremiah Love um, uh, ran the ball, like you know he missed that one blitz pickup, like yeah, that's the kind of thing, right? And you got to it helps to get those live reps, but it's like if he's not doing that, well, then guess what? He's not. It cost get him a reps. touchdown. I mean, yes. Tobias open for a touchdown, yeah. and they can't throw it because he you're, missed it. If you do that, you're not going to play against Ohio State, you know. So yeah. it's 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 those kind of things. I they'll probably settle in on three guys probably that that will end up kind of being their guys. But I think the whole point of you play these, you know, you're playing Navy, you're going to play Tennessee state. You're going to play central Michigan to begin um, the year. Well, you want to get all these guys chances because where are they going to get like, um, like where are they going to get the reps for, for you to evaluate them? Cause it's tough yeah. in practice um, especially when, you know, you can't, you're not like tackling to the ground. Um, you, you maybe aren't going full go all the time, right? Like there's just, it's different things that you, you can't, uh, rep as much. So you want to see it as much here and it's the guys who impress them. So like, 
it's not to say that J.D. Price is all of a sudden just like, well, J.D. Price is the number two because he scored that one touchdown there. Or Love is Price and Love are definitely going to be ahead of Jerron Payne now. Like that's not to say, but if they keep running the ball better and they are better, like doing well with their you know uh, assignments in terms of like blocking and and, yeah. and all these things, well then they will pass them. And then that's how it, it goes if, if pain isn't doing enough, right? So it's just, you're, you're going to kind of wait to see. And I think that's a really good thing about this kind of first month is you're going to get to see that. And then also too, like, who knows if like all of a sudden someone gets a chance against NC State, you're playing like, you know, a, a pretty legitimate defense. And then Jeremiah Love gets to like a 60-yard house call. Well, guess what? Jeremiah Love is going to get a lot more run. Like that's just how it works. Yeah, and, and something to point out, too, is, um, you know, during the game, you, you know, speaking of, of blitz pickup and that sort of thing, uh, Devin Ford on, on a, a, one of the, a, the touchdown pass to uh, to Jaden Greathouse on the first one where it's over the middle. Devin Ford's in the game. And he had a great a great blitz pickup on that. And we're talking about, you know, how Jeremiah Love missed the blitz pickup. I, I think I think Audrey Estime also missed the blitz pickup there. And so, like, that's important. That's the sort of thing that, aside from carries and, and catches and all that, he can be counted on. Like, that's going to be a big deal in, you know, how much playing time he gets going forward. So, something to, something to keep track of. Um, Ray Hallcroft says, uh, in your opinion, how critical is it for Notre Dame staff to get Angeli a full half along with other backups? And which key backups do you think need more playing time? Um, how critical do you think it is, Jamie, to get to – get, uh, Steve Angeli full half no like what tell me a game where a backup has played a full half I mean ever <laughs> like I don't I mean I I don't you just don't see it right you don't see it like so because the other thing is like you probably want to get Minchie some reps yeah. too right so if if you are blowing them up if Notre Dame is up like 49 nothing and a half just say that right like um you're you're gonna play um Angeli the whole way and you're not gonna get Minchie some reps like or, or like maybe a walk walk-ons or something like it, it's not gonna be like a full full half and I think like um you just want to get it it's you can't go into planning to get like guys this amount of reps or they're gonna do this amount of series or whatever you just want guys to play when the opportunities are there and you see how whatever um, whatever they can do to make the most of those opportunities. But in terms of like who, um, you know, we want to see get more reps. I think it's just like, I, I think everybody kind of like just all the twos and threes really. Like, I, I don't think you can just like um, nail it down to someone, but I also think this is the time too, because, if we're talking about the four game rule, like this is a game where you're like Bubakar Treor, like, yeah, would love to see him, you know, Brandon Vernon would love to see him. Right. Like, um, uh, Adon Schuler, right. Would love to see him like th th those kind of guys, like, um, you know, Braylon James, like you mentioned before, Greg, like that's, that's perfect example of a guy, um, yeah. that, that you would love to just get, you know, um, some reps and then you just never know because you never know um, like Braden Lindsay had one. Of, I can't remember what it was when they were playing like New Mexico 
right? And and uh, I believe it's 2019. And he had like a big play in, in that little garbage time. And then all of a sudden, later on in the year, he's like the gadget guy who's getting big plays against USC and, and Boston College, right? So it's, you know, get as many guys reps as you can and, you know, see what you get out of it. I think we're going to leave it there, Jamie. That's uh, it for the questions. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, I had a really good time. Not as long this time. We'll probably have some longer <laughs> ones, uh, we surmise, as this, the games get a little bit more serious, have some more uh, comments and questions to address. Although I think there's less questions when they're like so good. Yeah. <laughs> what, are the, what, what are we going to talk about? So, uh, so thank you, everyone, for tuning in. If this is your first time, please hit the like button. Please hit subscribe. Please hit the notification bell. We'll be back on Thursday talking about – Tennessee State and the upcoming weekend and uh, any other news that pops up. So once again, thank you for tuning in. Have a good rest of the day and we will talk to you on Thursday.